You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are continuing our adoption series here on The Coffee Hour, and this has just been a a fun series to do. Also, um, maybe a little bit of an emotional series. Um, <laughs> this is why we record these from home, so that no one can see me while we're, we're telling these stories. Uh, it, it, they're just, they're beautiful stories. And so maybe as you've been listening to these the, the stories of these families, whether they've gone through an adoption or they're in the process of uh, uh, seeking a child in, in adoption, uh, you wanted to know more about that process. And so we've been talking with Lutheran uh, families who've worked with Lutheran Family Service, and we thought today would be a good day to actually give you the opportunity to learn more about Lutheran Family Service from their team. We want to say thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today is Kimberly Lobby. She's the Director of Life Ministries for Lutheran Family Service. Kim, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having us. So Kim, what is the work of Lutheran Family Service today? Well, Andy and Sarah, um, we do um, work um, in the area of adoption um, and pregnancy counseling. And then we also do work in mental health counseling. Um, And then we do um, work as life advocacy. Um, So we call that being a voice in the public square. Um, So I'm actually a lobbyist. um, And when we are in session here in Iowa, uh, we work on lobbying on life issues. And then we also work directly with our congregations in our service area, um, providing them um, educational information about important life issues um, and also uh, offering opportunities um, for the pastors there to be served by our mental health professionals, um, either assisting them in their families or assisting them with the families that they serve in their congregations uh, with uh, opportunities for uh, counsel and direction and guidance on counseling. That is a long list of, of such wonderful work uh, that, that one organization is doing so many great things uh, that, that are happening. Who are, who are the people that you serve with all of these, all of these services? Right. Um, so we really got our start um, in 1901 in Fort Dodge, Iowa. So we began um, serving Iowans. And um, we have expanded that service now um, to the area of um, Illinois. We became licensed to work in Illinois uh, because we had a, a, a fantastic opportunity of an employee that was over there on in the Quad Cities And we thought, well, it's ridiculous for us not to put our toe over the river and serve women who are in need over in Illinois and families there. So we became licensed to do adoption work there. Um, We had the exact same situation happen um, in Nebraska. So we had in Council Bluffs, which is on the other side of Iowa, um, we had a wonderful employee who was more than capable of putting her toe over that river um, and being on the Nebraska side. And so we became licensed to do work in Nebraska as well. Um, And we now are are also serving in the area of South Dakota, um, a little bit more limited. We're not doing adoption work up there just yet, um, but we're certainly working with the congregations that are in the South Dakota district um, and uh, serving those congregations right now and uh, able to provide some mental health services in those areas as well Um, through our telehealth, which, you know, if there's one one good thing that happened with COVID, Mm -hmm. Um, Our expansion of telehealth has been um, really uh, just a 
um, a shining star in that area. It was um, so we're, we're so glad to be able to do and to help in that in that regard. Why has adoption been a key service of Lutheran Family Service? Well, I'll tell you, first of all, just historically in 1901, that's where we we got our start. That That is where the ministry began. And there were um, several orphans um, that just really needed um, Christian homes. And so it really it really blossomed out of a need that, um, uh, you know, the the folks there um, in Fort Dodge were recognizing the need for Christian home. And that isn't that hasn't changed um, that that ministry need is still present. It's a little different than it was in the past that, um, you know, it, when we began, it was there was a need for an orphanage and for the care, the specific care of those children and then seeking those homes. Um, we don't need orphanage care any longer today, but we still have women and children who are in need of uh, support. And so it looks different than it did in 1901, um, but the needs are still present for those who um, need support during pregnancy um, in decision-making as to what the next steps might be for them um, and for children who are in need. And, uh, and, and I would specifically tell your listeners and, and maybe you, you've, um, you know, as they've listened to the different testimonies of people that we work with, um, they may have, have gleaned this already. Um, but it's important for me to share with people that our ministry here is not in service to um, those families who want to become parents and are searching for an infant. But our service is really here and the ministry is for the children who are in need of Christian parents. And so it's a little bit different than you would find at a different, you know, at other adoption agencies. Um, our, our purpose in becoming licensed in adoption is to serve those children, not necessarily to um, serve those who are looking and seeking to become parents. It's a subtlety, um, but it's very different. Um, and we are very, very happy to serve those families who would like to become parents and that we're able to do that family formation um, in a godly manner. And we are so thrilled to do it. But our purpose is definitely um, focused on the children who are in need. Absolutely. What kinds of, of help do you provide for uh, birth moms and, and uh, women who are facing uh, unplanned pregnancies? Right. Well, it really is going to be um, full service. Um, so when I say that, um, we are looking at um, trying to, first of all, connect them with whatever resources they might need. So sometimes we have women who will come to us that are later in pregnancy and they've done all the decision making and resourcing on their own, and they simply need us to help them place a child for adoption. And we are certainly willing to do that. And, but there are other times when we have women who come to us who are, are much earlier in pregnancy, um, who might be living in poverty, um, who maybe don't even have medical care um, already established. Um, you know, there can be a variety of things that we need to do. Sometimes that will be helping them find appropriate housing. Um, sometimes it means we're going to start from the very beginning. They might not have any medical care at all, and we're going to make a connection with a doctor or with um, one of the crisis pregnancy centers to get them an ultrasound and get them some basic health care um, and getting them moving towards um, prenatal care and 
Uh, you know, so we will help in any turn you know, with whatever the need might be. So it, sometimes it's going to be applying for food assistance. Um, sometimes that will be making connections with maternity homes that are um, in our service area that we might be able to help them with uh, making a transition to housing. Um, if that's a requirement, um, sometimes that's not an ideal situation for them uh, to be in. And we've, we've uh, sometimes we'll have to assist with a bit of rent. Um, there, there really is just a, a whole gamut, um, but beyond those, that physical care um, for making sure that they're receiving the right medicine, you know, or the right medical care and the right, you know, that they have shelter and so forth. We're also going to provide for them spiritual care. And um, it's not required that they accept that. We would work with any woman um, who um, is in need, but we we are not restricted in any way from giving them the real hope of Jesus and to uh, talking the talking with them about their faith um, because we don't take any federal grants or any sort of uh, uh, state government money that would then have these ties or restrictions um, that wouldn't allow us to do that. So this is truly a a, a ministry um, to those women, um, and there are a good portion of them will accept that. Um, and want that and crave that. And there are a few that, um, that do not, and we don't, we don't force them to do that. Um, but if, if we're not praying with them, we certainly are praying for them. And, um, so yeah, that, that, uh, you know, as, as far as, as services are concerned, um, that would certainly be our pregnancy counseling services. And if they are interested in adoption, and that is an option that they need, um, we will take care of, um, all of their, needs concerning adoption and the legal process. Um, and we do that all free of charge to, um, to the women that we're serving. Um, so we'll provide an attorney for them to make sure that their rights are 100% understood um, and that they don't feel like they have to go to court on their own. There's an attorney that will go in their place um, and they're able to have separate counsel with that attorney away from the agency uh, so that they feel like, um, you know, they, you know, are 100% are represented and there's no coercion or that type of thing. So we will match them with the family um, and um, work with them on trying to create a relationship with that family if that's something that is desired. Um, and we will continue to uh, counsel them after the birth of their child for as long as it as they feel that it's a beneficial relationship for them to continue on. Uh, so we stand by their side. How does Luther Family Service then the uh, help or prepare um, potential uh, adopting parents, parents who are ready to or, or eager to welcome a child into their family through adoption? Absolutely. Um, so we um, will uh, start by having a face-to-face, well, I say face-to-face because that just kind of came out um, pretty fluidly, but really quite <laughs> honestly, um, we do some face-to-face now, but we also do a lot of Zoom meetings. And what we're, what we're doing are consultations with the family to really talk, first of all, about what are what what are their circumstances? What are, what are their motivations for adoption? What are their expectations for adoption? And then we give them, um, a, you know, an orientation where we're really kind of talking about adoption law. What can do their expectations for adoption sort of meet the reality of what adoption is like um, and what type of adoption might suit them best? So we're, we're first going to start with just that conversation piece um, with uh, the family and and 
you know, really try and help them explore um, the, the world of adoption and how might they best fit into that world if that, you know, is uh, the, if they would like to go down that path. Um, from there, if they um, choose Lutheran Family Service to serve them, uh, we would serve them first with a home study. Um, so that is, um, if, if your listeners haven't been through adoption, um, home study can be a little bit daunting um, in that we have to do a really um, deep dive into learning a family and um, all the aspects of that family. So um, we talk about marriage, we talk about conflict, we talk about um their finances. We talk about their criminal histories. Um, we talk about their um, uh, extended families and communities and, and, you know, whether or not an adopted child would be accepted. We talk about um, how do we um, navigate race um, issues and differences. Um, so there, there's really a whole host of things that are done during a home study. Um, a good 80% of those are education of the family um, about adoption issues and concerns and really getting kind of getting them up to speed and helping them become comfortable. And 20% of that is probably the actual assessment of the family, um, making sure that they are safe and that they are appropriate. And uh, once that home study is concluded, um, we will then um, enter into an, a, an adoption program when the timing is right. Um, so for some, they are, are in a little bit of a waiting period um, before we can take them and accept them into the program um, because we don't, we don't uh, want to necessarily have a, uh, a huge amount of families that are, we're serving at one particular time just based on the statistics of how many adoptions we think we might be able to do within the year. Um, and so families are, are welcome to use us and other agencies for their placement um, during uh, throughout, um, but sometimes it can be difficult for families to move to use more than one agency simply because of the cost that's associated with that. We have more to learn about adoption with Lutheran Family Service. We're talking with Kim Laubish, who's Director of Life Ministries at Lutheran Family Service. We have more to share with you here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're talking with Kim Lauby, Director of Life Ministries for Lutheran Family Service, serving in Iowa, Illinois, uh, Nebraska, and uh, and ever growing. Um, and we've been learning about the initial steps for families. Uh, of the uh, adoption process, really just that that inquiry and then the home study learning where uh, you get to learn more about that family doing a deep dive and learning more about them before um, 
admitting them to a program, getting them started in an adoption program. So once they're in a program, well, first of all, how do you, what are the different types of programs or different types of adoptions that would be helpful for us to know about before we go into the, the actual process? Sure. So some of the things that we'll talk about during that consultation would be, um, a, you know, what is the family's desire in terms of um, the type of child that they feel like they might uh, best serve in the area of adoption. So for some, they're seeking a newborn. Um, for others, they might be seeking a child who is older. Um, and um, still yet, others might be seeking to adopt an embryo. And so we can serve in, in all of these ways. Um, and um, so an domestic infant adoption is probably our largest program. And um, just as that sounds, that would be a child who is born um, here in uh, one of our service areas, Iowa, Illinois, or Nebraska. Um, and they would go to a family who is uh, also residing in Iowa, Illinois, or Nebraska. And we would do that at the uh, at the point of birth. So there's a likelihood that they would be involved with the mother um, prior to the birth of the child in, in creating some sort of a relationship. That doesn't mean that they have to do everything face-to-face -face and that they haven't, you know, there's just this big spectrum of openness. So I, I don't want to allude to that it must be one way or the other, uh, but there certainly might be some relationship building that goes on prior to the birth of the child. Um, and then we would um, serve from there. Um, other families who come to us um, might have an interest in an older child. And so there could be two possibilities of things that we would suggest there. One would be um, that we you know, would help make a connection for them with the foster care um, uh, for the state that they're residing in and, and get them sort of on board uh, for the idea of the possibility of foster care to adoption. Um, there's a great need um, for this in all of the service areas that we um, are um, working in. Now, we don't hold those contracts for foster care, and, and there's a very specific reason for that. So I can't walk them through that entire process, but I can help present the idea for them um, in terms of what that might look like um, and how that might work for their family and what kind of what kinds of things that they might expect to see um, in foster care. We don't hold those contracts in order to place those children in foster care and adoption simply because the family formation that it would require um, to, to do that would, would require us to do that in a, in a, a not a godly manner. Um, so um, we, you know, all, all those families uh, are not necessarily what would meet our qualifications. And so we would guide them towards the right places in order to get those things accomplished. Um, we also can guide them in the area of international adoption. Um, we would do that in partnership with another organization that would help with the match of a child. Um, we um, have uh, several Christian um, op agencies that we can sort of partner with in order to do that. Um, but we'll but that would be also a possibility of an older child. And then we also work in the area of embryo adoption. Uh, we also like to call that embryo rescue and um, just. Uh, just a high level overview of embryo adoption um, is that during the process of in vitro fertilization, there are oftentimes embryos that are cryopreserved um, and they are never going to be um, given the possibility for 
their life to con- to to come to full potential um, because the family who conceived them no longer desires to parent any more children or perhaps um, you know, there are other reasons um, that they they are going to be sort of abandoned, if you will. Um, and so there is this need um, to bring in families who would consider um, uh, adopting a sibling set of embryos and to transfer them into the womb of the adopting mother and to give them the opportunity for birth and uh, life um, outside of the Petri dish. <laughs> So we talk about all of those things um, and help guide them towards what might be the best possibility for them and provide lots of education. There's there's so much to learn, so many things to think about. Uh, and I'm sure that can be a little overwhelming for families who are who are taking these steps toward uh, toward welcoming children into their families. What, what are some of the, the things that happen once a family is into one of these adoption programs? Right. Well, I'm going to tell you that once they're rarely in the program, it becomes the hardest work. And that hard work is waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, because all the things that we do up until that point give a sort of a point of action for families. They're working on their home study and all the paperwork and uh, the paper chase that's sort of involved in all of that, you know, getting everything documented and having the interviews and so forth. And it feels like you're actively working towards something. Um, I can tell you from my own experience that the weight is the hardest. Um, so I'm an adoptive parent. Um, and I've gone through the process of home study on the other side of things before I was an adoption professional. So mind you, I, my perspective then was just as those that are walking through it um, in our program. And waiting is very, very hard. Um, so we try and stay connected with our families during that time of wait. Um, about on a monthly basis, we'll send out um, information to them about um the various women that we're serving and what they're sort of, um, you know, a mini update about, um, and of course doing that in a non-identifying way, um, but letting them know um, also the efforts that we're making um, to uh, stay in connection with the crisis pregnancy centers that are in our service areas. Um, We do a lot of personal connection um, with them, as well as the um, OBGYNs and the hospital staff in, in all the various locations where we have served. Those relationships um, are what is how we receive referrals and the referrals for the women we serve are um, for those families who are waiting. Um, That's an important and key element that they need to know and understand that that relationship building is very strong with Lutheran Family Service. Um, So being able to serve the most women possible, um, which ultimately is going to result in, you know, adoptions, the more women that we can serve. And so from their perspective, obviously, um, you know, they're anxious and hoping to adopt and um, wanting to be ready and prepared. So those things are all very important for them. But that wait process can be very different for a variety of families. And so as your listeners may have heard from um, our you know, the different perspectives of the people that have been working with us. There are some that will wait, uh, you know, a, a long time for um, uh, their, their adoption story to unfold. And uh, I think they would tell you that looking back, they would never undo that long wait, um, that, that the way things worked out were exactly the way they were supposed to be. Uh, but when you're in that process of waiting, it is hard. 
And so we continue to try and do relationship building with those who are waiting as a part of our program and to try and, um, you know, encourage them and to build them up during that time. Um, and, and then, of course, there's just the social work that has to continue to happen. So those home studies have to be updated and there, there are a variety of things that we have to do just to keep them on track in terms of, you know, being um, an acceptable family for adoption so that we've got um, all of the, the paperwork ready to go um, when there is a match of a child. And then there's that day is going to come. And the day is going to come when their profile book is chosen um, and they're going to meet a birth mom. Um, we're going to walk them through um, that process. There's the day is going to come when they're going to be matched with a birth mom and their child is going to be born. And we're going to be um, alongside them that entire way. Um, and then from there, once they're placed with a child, um, we continue to work with them in supervision um, of that child um, in terms of what's required by the state that we um, have eyes on. And we do that for 180 days um, to make sure um, that things are going well with that adoption placement and that that child is thriving. Uh, we write the official reports. Um, we work with the court and with the attorney um, to get that adoption finalized. And then from there, as they need us, um, we will be here for them. Um, so whether that be, you know, a child who's just um, having some maybe identity issues a little as they age um, in terms of, of wanting to know more about their adoptive family um, or rather their birth family, um, if we can try and make a reconnection or um, whatever their circumstances might be, we'll be here to guide them and help them. Last week, the DeYoung family shared with us about their unique uh, adoption, uh, that they're hoping to adopt a child with Down syndrome and that this turned into a, a whole program. Can you tell us, uh, just give us a quick overview of this new program? Absolutely. Um, so I, I will start by saying that, um, you know, one of the things that we do and, and that I, I happen to be responsible for here at Lutheran Family Service is life advocacy. Um, we do that work um, on a, 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 as a voice in the public square in regards to wanting to protect life. And one of the, one of the people groups um, that is uh, really in jeopardy would be those who are uh, pre-diagnosed in utero with Down syndrome. And uh, because they are often aborted at a very, very high rate. And so when the DeYoung family came um, to me to ask about the possibility of us providing a home study for the family, um, I said, yeah, I, you know, and I, I will send you all those materials, but I just need to talk to you. I need to talk to you about how can we, uh, how can this, uh, how can we be a part of something that needs to happen in this regard? Uh, and I really felt like, you know, this is an opportunity for us to, um, walk the talk. Um, we wanted, so what we decided to do was to make this a philanthropic program um, rather than one where, you know, the, the programs that we have here for adoptive families are fee-based. And, and we certainly do that at, at uh, a much lower rate than several other adoption agencies do because this is a ministry. Uh, but we wanted to be able to really impact um, that area of um, uh, uh, this people group that are, are so subject to abortion. And we felt like 
having this opportunity um, to do and provide some free service for adoption for people who would consider uh, this particular type of child, you know, that has Down syndrome. Um, so we have um, made that a priority and we are now going to serve two families a year um, in preparing them for this type of an adoption, hopefully uh, being able to provide full service if that child comes from Nebraska, Iowa, Illinois. And then we're working very hard to make sure that crisis pregnancy centers that we have relationships with throughout our service area know that there are families that are available that will receive a child that has Down syndrome, that they're seeking a child with Down syndrome. Um, so that when they come across women who might have a diagnosis in that area, that they're able to make that connection with Lutheran Family Service and will connect them, um, you know, and, and work on this uh, adoption um, uh, service um, to try and impact that people group. And so I was thrilled to meet the Dayong family uh, and to know about their um, their specific desires to do that. And it really just grew an entire new part of our ministry. And so we are um, anxiously awaiting the first um, adoption that we will have um, in serving in this way. And uh, so we're praying that God leads those moms to us. Hmm. Kim, how can we learn more about Lutheran Family Service? Well, I would first suggest going to our website, which is lutheranfamilyservice.org. Um, and from there, and when you click on the adoption tab, you'll see that there are opportunities to uh, request a packet of information, and that will be um, then emailed to you. Um, and there's all sorts of information in there about the different adoption programs that we address today. Um, and then uh, from there, um, we can have a personal conversation. You'll have uh, information from one of our adoption team um, that sends out that packet. So you can either call or email to ask questions. And when or if uh, a family is ready for that one-on-one -on -one consultation, uh, that registration form needs to just be turned in from there. It's a part of the process of the email that I, I'm speaking of. Um, we will get that consultation booked for you, and we can either do that face-to-face -face or mask-to-mask, -mask, so to speak, um, <laughs> or we can do that via Zoom, depending on the comfort level of the family and what they prefer to do. Um, and from there, we can individualize it um, and make sure that your families. Um, you know, each couple's desires and, and uh, you know, what they're prepared to do that we can help uh, guide them towards the right program. Lutheranfamilyservice.org is the website to find out more about Lutheran Family Service. Our guest today, Kimberly Lobby, Director of Family Life Ministries for Lutheran Family Service. Kim, thanks so much for being our guest and sharing these uh, just wonderful adoption stories with us. It's been a fun series to to learn all these uh, and, and share all these beautiful stories. Thanks for being our guest today. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for um, for highlighting our families and for the opportunity today. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.